0: And welcome back to Words and Not Much Else. How have you been? I'm actually not sure how I am, to be honest. My mood just goes up and down and it changes from one minute to the other. But the weather is definitely helping. Because it's rainy and breezy and the kind that makes you stay in your blanket all day. So it's mid-June now. And even though things are definitely looking up, we are still not even close to going back to our normal lives again. Staying indoors is a huge challenge and one that I am struggling with the most. So, to beat the blues and to get our minds off things, my friends and I decided to get together and have a little chat. The people featured in this episode are three of my closest friends and guests who have appeared before in this podcast. Shreya, Neha and Abira. We've been co-workers, friends and cheerleaders for each other for many years now. Today, we ask each other questions we've been pondering over for a while and explore a variety of topics. And as we get together again after so long, we also realize how much we've grown over the last few years. Our topics range from our dreams to our fears, from writing to breakups, and we'd love for you to spend some time with us and join in. So let's go. Hi. Hi. How's everyone doing? <laughs> everyone is fine and a little bit crazy. Okay, good. So first of all, thank you for joining this very special podcast episode, which is almost like a reunion in a way. So the idea is to get together and ask each other questions. It doesn't have to be about anything in particular, but sort of anything that comes to our minds and just have fun. So let's start with Abira. Crash landing
1: into question number one. Okay, should I go with Asta first? What is the most favorite place you have been to and tell us if it changed how you see life
0: okay i'm very tempted to think of a cool place somewhere in europe but actually the place that comes to my mind is very unexpected and Abira, you have been there with me uh, so this is in agra so agra is a noisy chaotic city right and i wasn't a big fan but my dad one day took me to this uh, gothic graveyard It's just so beautiful. There is a red Taj Mahal replica and there are these epitaphs with uh, personalized poetry written for people who have passed away and there are trees and I just get reminded of how it's like this oasis and it, it kind of became my haven and I kept going back to it and it just gave me a lot of peace. It's a reminder that, you know, I have this place I can call my own in my own city
1: It actually makes sense because that place is really beautiful. Uh, Next, should I go with Neha? What is that one thing, one Hmm. thing, you really want to own? You don't have to necessarily buy it, but own something and have been thinking about it. Um, I think that
2: I grew up with very little. So my idea of uh, what... I could own and have was very small like I never it was it wasn't I never aspired for too much because I it was it never came to me that it could I
1: can get these things
2: so I remember when I was really young um, I used to think the day I can buy myself an Apple laptop I that means key you know I've made it but uh, that was also after a very long time and I'd hear people say things like you know uh, I want to like they'd have preferences of how they want their house to look and where they want to live and stuff. And I get really nervous because I've never thought of uh, things like that in my life. So nowadays I'm trying to be more materialistic and I'm trying to have like desires so that there's something to chase after. <laughs> but um, if there's one thing that I would really want to own, I think it would be
1: my a book written by me oh i love that that was that was very beautiful and and i think i needed to hear that a little bit because the this thing about like you know Pressure around buying stuff and actually, like you know, this this race of owning something. And I'll be very honest; like it has been so fed into me, and or somehow I don't know why, but I really want a house of my own, like a real. I'm craving for a space of my own, you know, where I can just like let my things be, let myself be, and I don't have to keep running from one place to another. I just am seeking that that settlement so i was thinking
2: i mean i've been thinking about this i feel like when i want something right for instance uh recently my phone was like really broken and i'm like i need a new phone i need a new phone and then there's this there's this anticipation right that builds until you are at least for me until i had amassed the money that i needed to get it or whatever so and There's this anticipation that builds until that moment where you get it. And then it's like, it just fizzles out because that feeling doesn't last at all. And that really scares me because then I'm like, okay, so how do you find that consistent feeling of, you know, contentment? Yeah. So I don't know. So I just, I feel like maybe it's, it was a good thing that I grew up with like fucking nothing because it made me not find joy in things and i i feel like for me joys are like little shit like when i can go to the grocery store and you know buy the grocery for the week i get so excited it's like the happiest feeling what you said was so interesting like i'm
0: trying to be a more materialistic person i don't think i've ever heard anyone saying that <laughs> because everyone is like i'm trying not to you know shop i'm trying not to get things and
1: have a cluttered house and all of that. See, Neha, you're already sorted. (laughs) That's the thing. Uh, So Shreya, I have one very beautiful question for you. If you had to leave everything to be and do one thing for next five years, what would you do? Consider that this is the one thing that will help you live on and learn.
2: Uh, I'm going to disappoint all of you and say that this is not going to be related to food. Unfortunately. Also, like I don't currently think I possess all the skill sets for it. I think they are a work-in-progress skill set. But I would like to tell people stories. Okay, so this is very... Uh, I feel like there are so many hidden stories in all of our lives and, uh, that aren't really known, like stories of resistance, etc. And all of these are informed by so many things uh, where we all come from our upbringing a lot of it is just you know our parents passed on dreams sometimes uh, people also realize like now they're realizing that there is intergeneration trauma like you don't know whose dreams like you're actually living on and realizing so I feel like people are always living out these stories and some of these are such beautiful stories of resistance and hope so to just have more stories out so people can know that they are not lonely I think
0: i I really love that Shreya, because when I read a story that uh that's about something that I went through i I just start feeling uh
2: stronger and more positive and more accepted I think that we spend um for whatever reasons, even if it's uh you know Instagram or social media or whatever it is, I think that we end up uh, not knowing where other people have been and just assuming that everyone is, you know, why is everyone happier than me? What is wrong with me? Um, There's this book that Oprah has recently uh, launched, I think like a week ago, released. It's called, uh, What Happened to You? So it's, she's uh, she's co-written it with this psychologist. And the whole idea of the book is to help people see that nothing is wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you, but something happened to you to make you the way you are, the way you uh, absorb the world that you're in. Yeah,
0: okay. So my questions are probably not so profound, (laughs) but I'll I'll just ask you whatever I have, okay? Um, Okay, so the first one is for Shreya. Tell me about your worst breakup story (laughs) and what did it make you realize about
2: love and relationships? Oh my God. Uh, Worst breakup story uh, is will obviously be uh, that I'm going through now, my divorce. Because I think it was uh, the... Uh, it stretched out and I could see that it was coming and I knew that uh, the legal shackles made it a little bit more difficult because they kind of get entrenched into your brain somehow and you think that you were... <clears throat> immune to it and you had risen about it but apparently you're not like I think as uh, women we are taught that uh, our love is so powerful that it will change and inspire others to change for you but I think people only want to change for themselves and uh, we have to stop being given this responsibility that if you love enough it will be enough for the other person to change maybe it is it is good to have that love towards yourself because that's the only thing that will make you change not otherwise when I'm listening to you guys I feel like a lot of this is um, more than love I think it's that we haven't been we haven't been taught how to fail or like nobody nobody shows us that things can fail and things can fall apart and there's this weird ideal I don't know where we get it from but we all have this idea of how things should be, you know. And, but in retrospect, like you're going to be so thankful that you went through this. It sounds so weird to say it, but you're going to be so happy that it happened because... I'm already very happy that it happened. No, I I know because it has changed me so much and I've already been yeah. this. Yeah, and that's the weird shitty thing about like these traumatic things that happen to us. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I wouldn't say that What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I don't really buy that because I wish a lot of shitty things hadn't happened to me. But every time you go through stuff like that, you have to admit that it kind of builds something in you that lets you understand a certain section of people. And it, it does make you more empathetic in a lot of ways because now you have that ability to see other people when they are going through trauma. But there's
2: one thing I wanted to say that I think because a lot of our upbringing doesn't happen with kindness, which is why we are not able to access this empathy right at the start. So I think it builds a certain kind of apathy uh, also. Uh, It's not always true, but I feel like if we all were just brought up with kindness, then this need for trauma opening up this time, that empathy wasn't there. But I know that's a very idealized view and a baby viewpoint
0: Exactly. I don't know if, if this, is, this happens in most Indian families, but ma'am, there was no kindness in my family. There was no affection. There was no show of affection. I, I needed it so much when I was growing up. Being exposed to kindness and love is, is the most basic thing and it's completely fair that you, you, you're, ex, you're expecting it in your childhood. Okay, so the next question is for Neha. Ooh. Okay, tell me about something that you did recently that was completely
2: unlike you and you surprised yourself. I I live a very simple life, so I'm wondering how to answer this. I think uh, what comes to mind is something work-related. I think I've always been able to see through the BS of working politics and all the bullshit that comes with just working with a lot of people. Yeah. And that's always been a challenge for me. I've always been like this type of rebel against, uh, you know, all of work, all of the workplace bullshit that goes on. And that's never served me right. It's never served me well. It's never done me any good because I've always been branded as, you know, the the angry girl and uh, the difficult person who's just you know, doesn't know how to shut her mouth when she should. So it's not, it's nothing dramatic. It's nothing exciting also. But I think that uh, now, nowadays or most recently, when I see people behave a certain way, it doesn't trigger a reaction that I'm used to from me. And I'm able to um, like still hold my own energy and not let someone else's uh, bullshit change how I feel, um you know ruin my mood uh, at work and then just off late I've noticed that my emotions are not triggered or they don't change because of other people's actions so that's oh. pretty radical for me it sounds so peaceful <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. it's the realization that you know I don't want this kind of mental strife in my life
2: yeah exactly
0: Okay, I have I have a genuine question that I'm asking all of you. How do you stay away from your phone when you're at <laughs> home all day? I am telling you, I am seriously addicted. It has never been this bad. I'm always on my phone. Even if I'm watching a show, I reach out for my phone and I start scrolling.
2: I, I first wanted to say that I do that so much that uh, there was... A week, I uh, clocked uh, seven to eight hours of screen time on my phone. And I like, yeah, and I realized I think I also do that because it's my literally my only access to humanity because I also live alone. So mm-hmm. then uh, one thing that I realized that one must do is uh, put it in another room, first of all. And then I was talking to Abira, and she made me realize, that like, do something with your hands it's very difficult like if you set timers for yourself and like you can't use your phone to check the time and you have to refer to the wall clock then you'll notice how difficult it is (laughs) (laughs) I just uh I I I feel a lot of anxiety uh when my phone is on I feel Mm -hmm. I go through this whatsapp anxiety I go through um I get annoyed with myself when I keep like go scrolling even though there's nothing happening or just mindlessly keep going back to an app
1: yeah um,
2: yeah so i turn my phone on airplane mode quite a lot and i do things like i've turned off all notifications on whatsapp so slowly slowly training myself to not go to it the only thing i have managed to do is uh, deactivate my facebook account because who cares but you know what, when you do that, you're actually spending your time elsewhere anyway. So it's yeah. not like deactivating <laughs> Facebook did anything. Dude, yeah. I'm going through something very disturbing. I've discovered
0: this criminal psychology uh, YouTube channel. And to unwind, to relax at the end of my day, I watch criminal <laughs> psychology videos. <laughs> and my husband, my, Vignesh, is like, what is, this is how you relax in life? What's wrong with you? <laughs> And he's just like, how do you have the energy for that? <laughs> yeah, whatever calms you down. But what do you do, Shreya? Like, uh, if you just want to relax at the end of the day, what do you do? I do a very bad job.
2: <laughs> a very bad job. Like, some days what I'll do, like, I, I'll go up to the terrace by 5.30 and I'll just sit there and I'll watch the sunset. But some days I get really caught in this loop of, like, finishing work and getting dinner and sitting and watching something. So then I
1: have to remind myself that the terrace exists. But it's usually the terrace that is my, like, despite. Okay, so I was actually kind of, it makes sense what you're saying, Neha, because, you know, so there are days when I finish watching some kind of a video, I just sleep with a lot of anxiety and I wake up with a tremendously bad mood. I've realized this. So what I've started doing is, there are days when I'm beating myself up for not doing enough towards the things that I want to do. And I just feel so much guilt about it that the only way it really helps me get out of it is just to spend those five to 10 minutes before I go off to sleep to think about ideas, to put some structure to the ideas that I've already thought of, taking a few steps towards it. Because I think that does, that does it for me. And, and it really gives me a great sleep. I wake up with a lot of motivation. I wake up with like, okay, today I have things to do. Because somehow I remember these things the next day when I wake up. I remember what I was thinking about last night before going to sleep. And I try to make those happen. Uh, I think what you're talking about, Abira, is something I very recently came across. It's called
2: uh, setting like bedtime intentions So it's sort of like, uh, you know, connecting with your soul at night just before you fall asleep and ask yourself a few questions like, wow, what do I really want to do? It doesn't the answer to that doesn't have to be some, you know, I want to cure cancer or whatever, but what do I want to do? What will make me happy about myself? How could I spend my time tomorrow that will make me feel good about myself? And once you answer those, you'll know the answers to those questions uh, already. When you're asking them, you already know the answer. So then you just, you know, set that intention that, okay, tomorrow I want to spend a little less time on the phone and maybe do something else that will bring me joy. And when you wake up, you without knowing subconsciously you are more inclined to focus on uh, streamlining streamlining how you spend your time
0: hmm. how do yeah. you
2: how do you um, soothe yourself
0: or comfort yourself when you're going through a lot of negative emotions
2: um, so i give i take days off i cry i be really sad uh, so i do that and uh, I, that is when I end up writing uh, quite a bit. Some days I want to really immerse in it. So I like read a bunch of really sad poetry or books. So that just like pushes me over the edge. So, yeah. I mean, like in narrative practices, we call it loitering. And this I'm sure this is not the kind of loitering they want us to do, but, but I i have uh, recently enjoyed doing that and it allows me to access uh, parts of me that I did not know were accessible before. So uh, there is this uh, poem that I really like. It's a poem by uh, Rilke, the poet. So it's called uh, "Go to the Limits of Your Longing." I'm sure all of you have heard it. Flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. I always hold it very wow. close, and I also want it like tattooed on me. It's a very,
0: it, it's a very comforting thought. No feeling, it's, it's final. Also, mm-hmm. I I feel like it's also very important to embrace your pain, man. Now I'm I'm learning how to manage it in in different ways, like talking about it or writing about it. Writing is it can really help, like. I don't
1: know. It just gives it some some form sort of shape. For me, like it's a, it's the same thing. Like I really like to dwell on it. I try to think about it. What exactly triggered that? I try to go to the to the genesis of it. Like for example, if it is about a disappointment with a person, for example, which has triggered like an extremely deep dark hole of emotions that I can't even discuss with anyone. Uh, then I try to uh, remember that it's not just my these feelings that I am you know feeling right now it's not just on me it's it's yes of course it's me who's thinking back, thinking that but it's also on the other person to understand why I'm feeling this way and that, that I'm feeling this way so to discuss go back to that person and discuss that because I feel that is within my control now, if it is not within my control, say, for example, what's happening around the overall environment around us, right? It sometimes can get very tense and a lot to take in. And, and that's when I think like, OK, so if typically for me, the way to deal with disappointments is like, OK, what can I do to change things? It's just like almost like a um, coping mechanism for me. To think that, okay, I can, you know, maybe take, make some decisions and try to figure this shit out and get out of it. And then schedule a call with my therapist. (laughs) Honestly, a lot of times I just
2: cry. I just like, don't do shit. And I cry and I sleep and I'm just like, I can't with this right now. And I just let it all out. There is a freedom in that. There
0: is a freedom in admitting that you're feeling terrible and you just want to cry
2: and you cry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cleansing sometimes Mm -hmm. to just like cry it all out. And then I order like some really greasy food like pizza or KFC, (laughs) something that I don't know why, it just makes me feel like I love myself when I do that. But after I do it, I'm like, you stupid idiot. Why exactly? Why did you do it? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Cry and eat. We <laughs> become babies, essentially. Yeah. Infants. yeah, pretty much. This thing with food is very interesting, though. You know, just putting things in you that you know you will regret, but you still do it. In more ways than one as um after like all your experiences and relationships and stuff how would you define love oh how would I
0: define love okay I think I, I think I know what I have to say but I hope I'm able to say it um I think love is just the freedom to be yourself uh in in all my past relationships, I felt like I was trying to be someone. I was trying to be a people pleaser. I was trying to be someone. I was li- I was trying to live up to something. But in my current relationship, what I've realized is is that it's just utter freedom and just ease, and it's it's peace, you know, and it's it's friendship. It's all those things that it's it's kind of like being in your pajamas in bed that's the feeling I get yeah just being with this person and knowing that I don't have to be anything else or anywhere else it's just 100% comfort I sound like I'm advertising a pair of cotton socks (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's it you know it's just
2: wow I love it cool um Abira So my question for you is, you are this ball of energy and, um, you know, you, I feel like there's a lot of creativity inside of you. Mm -hmm. And one of those have found their expression in, um, thatch your small business. Mm -hmm. Um, so my question is how would your ideal self approach chasing your dream? And what is the, what is the end of that dream? Where does it go?
1: Whoa! I think I started with with the small business more like a project for myself, for a, a more like a creative project for me, and almost like. Uh, pool that i can dip myself into after like a very hard day and almost like an escape you could say that so i don't try to make like the, the typical gyan that i would give to other people when they come to me for like hey what should i do to grow whatever xyz i don't follow any of that for my own thing because i feel like i want to exercise that renegade spirit of mine when i'm when I'm working on that, I want to go away from all the rules, all the, you know, guidelines. And I just want to do my shit thing. I don't think I'm trying to do something very different because I don't want to stand out. I I, I want to stand with other people who are already doing a lot of great stuff and, you know, work with them to build that energy even stronger. And I think if, if we can, if we can harvest that energy, I think, which can impact people in some way or the other, that's what is important.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like for you, it's not just a business. It's just about just creating stuff with other people and for other people. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. Shreya, I feel like I've, uh, through Instagram and the brief chats that we've had over the last couple of years, I feel like I've, you've introduced the world or your world to other sides of you. um, That, you know, none of us, um, back in 2015, I don't think that Shreya knew that there were so many layers to this Shreya that we see now. So I just want to know, in these last couple of years that have been so uh, transformative for you, from your separation to living alone, moving your life to another city. So what would be some of the things that you've discovered about yourself, like how, what have, what has been revealed to you about you? I think all of it has been revealing because I think the 2015 Shreya knew that there was all of this also, but obviously there was so much more conditioning going on to not look at it and to ignore it. And, uh, yeah. And I think whatever has happened the last few years, uh, I am uh, amazed. I'm a amazed at the fact that it has uh, helped me form community, and this is not community that is sustained by uh, physical distance with anybody. So it is not something formed because of proximity to some, like physical proximity mm. to someone. It is community that has come from empathy. So mm. that is one, and. Uh, I did not know that there was so much to undone in order to feel. So, I yeah. didn't think that that would be a process that I would have to go through. So, because like feeling should, shouldn't feel alien to you. Yeah. Oh, no, not alien in the sense that uh, you should be able to sit in harmony with these other sides of you that exist. That And I think doing that only takes a lot of time because I think all my life I've been taught to like look the other way and run away from it. Yeah, so a lot of I think books have uh, help and articles and I think generally uh, looking at and observing people who do a better job of it than me. <laughs> Yeah. and I've told Asa so many times that she is one of those people who I've learned so much from and I've told like I think you also Neha like when I saw you and Asa, uh, Asa talk so much uh, amongst yourselves, and like just be too willing to let your vulnerability show to the world I think that takes so much courage and it has taken me like I shouldn't have had to go through these things in my life in order to find that But everyone has different different ways of arriving at it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So what I wanted to end this with was, since this is a podcast, I wanted to know which one is your favorite podcast and why.
2: Let's start with Neha. Um, Okay, right now I don't have any favorites, but I did have a favorite and that was my favorite murder. I loved it because it's these two women uh, who talk about real-life murder cases that have happened in the world, in the U.S. And they just, uh, it's so, its it, I love the show because they're funny as hell. And even though they're talking about the goriest things, they're both just a riot to listen to. So yeah, uh, my favorite, favorite murder would be my favorite podcast. I need to check this out now. Yeah. Treya. I have an answer, quick one. So I haven't heard podcasts in the last few years, but um, so one podcast that I really like is um, Witch Please. It is uh, two uh, feminist literary uh, academics discussing the Harry Potter books and movies. And I think they look at it, the politics and all of that from a very, very nice Point of view. So, which please, and also then there was. Uh, so, one of the podcasts was. So, which please, uh, Hannah. She started her own podcast called Secret Feminist Agenda. So, both of those are my favorite podcasts because uh, mm. it it just it talks about a lot of things, and I think Secret Feminist Agenda also talks about how uh, it is very lonely being a feminist sometimes. And just listening to uh, other people uh, practicing feminism in their own ways
1: okay cool. Uh, to me. so I don't uh, listen to much of podcasts and uh, asa it's because of you I started like you know um, gathering this habit of listening to podcasts so my favorite podcast is Words and Not Much Else by Asa Prakash because that is the only <laughs> <laughs> consistent podcast listening I do <laughs> and I love it because it tells me a lot about human vulnerabilities and it really lets me uh, I get to hear about a lot of different things and uh, that's it. And Shreya sent me all those podcast suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> literally the only podcast she listens to. So that's why it's her favorite.
0: Precisely. But guys, this brings us to the end. Thank you so much, man. This was like such a beautiful conversation. I had no idea where it was going to go, but I loved yeah. everything that happened. Everything <laughs> that transpired in the last one and a half hours was amazing. Thanks, Thanks, Asta, for
2: calling us. And it was fun, and it was so good to connect with Abira and Shreya after so long, and seeing how everyone has grown. Yeah, this was this was wonderful. And it was exactly what I thought it would be. I was very nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's gonna happen. But this was really, really good. (laughs) Thank you guys. guys. Thanks
0: for having you all. Bye. Bye.